Nights and Demars Live every Tuesday and Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I teach on various biblical topics. Get in contact with me at jasondemars.com. Let me know what topics you would like me to cover in future videos. I have free books and tracks available for you to order and shipping is free as well. Make sure to subscribe and click the little bell to get notified when I post a new video. Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. I'll send greetings to those who are listening in, Brother Kenny and Sister Janelle, Sister Sarah, the others who are listening in. Love to hear from you as well. Uh, we're going to start a new topic this morning uh, on conduct, order, and doctrine. And so if you have any questions on this particular topic, uh, let me know. I'll be watching the comments throughout the time. And I'm going to go ahead and grab this and put it up on the screen for us. All right. And all right. There you see our topic in this opening scripture. It's going to be pretty tough to see the opening scripture, but um, I will read it for you. If I'm delayed, you will know how to behave yourselves in the church of God, how to conduct themselves in God's household which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. That's 1 Timothy 3.15. So Paul is writing and saying, I want you to know how to conduct yourselves in God's household. So we have church order and conduct that we're looking at. It's the pillar and foundation of the truth and the foundation there is, starts with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the headship of Christ. And then from there is the ministry. All right. This, uh, without this being full screen, it'll be quite useless to y'all. Um, let me bring it back in that way. All right. This is a true saying. If a man desire, well, this is the qualifications for ministry, for being a pastor, for being a minister in the local church. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. Bishop is overseer. And in the early church, they had multiple overseers in the local church. And those overseers were also referred to as elders, right? So an elder, uh, an overseer is someone who is an elder that's ordained to be that, to be in that position and in that place. All right. So, 
If a man desires that office, he desires a good work. All right, so Paul says that's good. It's, good. it's a good thing to desire that place to be an overseer, but overseers have a certain responsibility. An overseer needs to be blameless. The husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre. But patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that rules his own house, ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being filled up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. Likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let these also first be proved. Then let them use the the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanders, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For they that have used the office of the deacon well, purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Jesus Christ. So, a person being blameless does not mean that they are without sin. As, as though there's someone in that condition, in that place where they would be entirely sinless. No, that's not, that's not how it works. That's not how God works. That's not God's vision or program for the true church. Right? The true church in the Lord has the grace of God in their lives. Um, he, he doesn't want us to walk and live in sin, but God has a purpose for, for that man. It means to not be guilty of vile and notorious sins, ones that people uh, both inside the church and outside the church would look and say, my goodness, what kind of filthy men are they choosing for this? Now, you might have a history, you might have a place in your past where you can say, my, there was some real issues and some real problems in his life, but the Lord has really changed this man. He's transformed him. He's a brand new man, right? So, and that, that, that has to be proven. But it's not a person who's living in notorious and, and guilty sin. Um, it must be a married man to be in that office of uh, overseership in the local church. His wife must be following, following the message 
and submitting to him. Uh, he must be a reverent and serious man about the word of God. He must be orderly in his behavior and appearance. He needs to avoid drinking. He can't be quarrelsome. He's always ready to do a fight. His children also must be in the faith and in subjection to the order of the family. As they get older and they move out, no, you can't hold them responsible uh, for him, for, for their behavior after they've moved out and gone on their own. But when they're living in the house, that he has leadership of his family so that they're submitting to the word that, and, the, and the order that he has in his household. He needs to be married with his family, subject to him and the faith he's walking in. If not, he's not qualified to hold the office of an overseer in the local church. He must be living an honorable life before the people, not accused and guilty of sexual sins, drunkard sins. Even a deacon must be sincere and serious and reverent and married men with their families in subjection. Let's continue to look a little more closely about this qualifications. Overseers, pastors, and deacons must have wives who are living according to the standards of holiness and modesty that the scripture and the message sets forth. If they're not living according to these precepts, then these men are not qualified. They're to be an example in all ways to the believer, including their home and their family. If a, a pastor has a wife who's dressing immodestly, not following the standards laid out in Deuteronomy 22.5, 1 Timothy 2.9, 1 Corinthians 11, 2 Kings 9.30, he cannot be qualified for this ministry. So what should you do if you're not qualified for the ministry and yet you're operating in that ministry? What should you do? You should step down and take some time to deal with these issues in your own home. Your family must be subject to the faith and you must prayerfully deal with these things in your home. This, the, the, what I'm speaking to you isn't spoken so that you'll go uh, and verbally abuse your family into subjection. No, you need to figure out your own heart and your own leadership before your family. All right. The placing of deacons, 1958, Brother Branham says, and then while this meeting was going on and was told by the assistant pastor that we was selecting a new board of deacons, that these had served their time out and resigned and it was to select some more deacons. Now the church, this, the way is, this is done is the board can appoint deacons, men that they have associated with and found to be honorable and just men. The office of a deacon is a very great office and a great honor to the Lord to be a deacon in the church. And so, in the meeting the other night, certain men was called out to me. And when meeting with the pastor, following this last Friday, which was agreed by this man that these were honorable and just men, one young man that they had found was not exactly qualified. Not because he wasn't the right type of man, uh, one that was suggested by one of the honorable men of our trustee board. But as the pastor and I came together, and I asked the age of the young man, he was in his early 20s, honorable, just, and a real man, but find out that he was a single man. The Bible requires a deacon to be a married man. He must be the husband of one wife. And then another man, which was very honorable, very qualified for the job, and would make a loyal man, as a brother suggested him. 
then that disqualified the man as the office because he must have all his family in subjection. They must also be in must be also in the faith because it would be a conflict. All right. So deacons they can't be married and divorced, married and divorced. Uh, they can't be single. They can't have their family in a position where their family is not following the word of God. All right. Now again, if they're grown out of the house, that's another thing. But when they're when their family is there in their home and they're raising them and the family's not living in subjection, then it becomes uh, an issue and a problem. All right? So, continuing on, how do we run a local church service? What order do we take for the service? The messenger of God for this age laid this out for us. Now, each church is sovereign to itself. Absolutely. Things can be varied um, from, from, from place to place. The timing of things can change based on the agreement, the leadership of the local pastor, and, and, the, and, and the desires of the local church. But there's some very general important principles that come forth from this. Brother Branham teaches and says pastor and song leader Musicians, and in fact, all believers should be at church 30 minutes prior to service. He says, pre-service, instrumental music and silent prayer. No fellowship in the sanctuary. Um, the song leader, uh, at the exact time, service time starts, 7.30 or 11 or 10.30. No waiting, no delaying for certain people to come. The song leader comes out and begins to, 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 to begins in prayer and, and leads the song service. You know, have a few songs, then have the deacon come to pray, take the offering, um, then continue with a few more songs, and the pastor should come forward to preach after you know roughly thirty minutes of worship and prayer. Um, then the preaching of the word of God, Brother Branham says to keep it around. 45 minutes. Now, in the message, we've gotten quite used to it being anywhere from an hour to hour and 15 to hour and a half. So if, if there's a special message or God has given uh, something to the church for that needs to go forward, just as Brother Branham went longer, um, he communicated that and then went forward with that. So after service is over, you know, Invite the people to come forward to the altar for prayer. If they're sick or if they want to come see, receive Christ, then dismiss the service. Before the service, after service, there should be silence. And the people should come in. Before the service, there should be silence. There shouldn't be talking and fellowshipping, loud talking in the church. That shouldn't be done. Um, the people should, should be quiet, and there should really be time for people to pray and get in the right spirit and, draw, and bring the presence of the Lord, realize the presence of the Lord in their lives, and then move forward like that. All right? But... Um, then 
after the, after the service is over, the same thing. Leave, don't talk, don't fellowship, go outside, go to the lobby and fellowship and talk out there. Um, there, isn't a, there isn't, you need to leave time after the service to people be able to silently pray and worship. And it's wonderful to have the musicians and song leaders to stay afterwards and, and lead in worship. It, it creates an atmosphere and people love to stay and linger in that presence. Um, there shouldn't be any eating or drinking in the sanctuary unless it's an absolute emergency um, uh, health issue. There should be no drinking at all in the sanctuary, no food, no snacks for children. If children are talking, being rowdy, uh, parents should take them out of the church or, or, or to, the, to the baby room. Get them calmed down, corrected, be, be, be silent, and, and then go out. There shouldn't be texting in service and shouldn't be eating and drinking in the service. If you need to do that, step out of the church to do that. So, during the service, during worship, there can be shouting, rejoicing, lifting up your hands, praising the Lord. That's absolutely necessity, right? That's what, the, that's what we're there for, is to worship the Lord and to give Him honor and give Him praise. And we lift up our voice in shouting and singing and praising the Lord, right? But we don't come... Um, we don't come to the service and come into the church and start talking to each other, drinking coffee, uh, drinking waters, and so on and so forth. Um, we come to create an atmosphere. And so we come and there's a nice, uh, quiet, uh, quiet music playing. There's a reverent atmosphere the Spirit of the Lord can come and deal with hearts. We keep silence. Habakkuk 2.20 says, But the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before Him. Psalm 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. In that pre-service, post-service atmosphere, be, be silent. If, if you feel the Spirit of the Lord strikes you and you want to shout hallelujah and, and lift your hands and praise God, then by all means do that. But no talking and fellowshipping and talking to your children and doing these kind of things. Keep that quiet and very, very reverent. It's not a time to come before service and fellowship one another and then, oh, service starts, boom, let's stop and be quiet. It's a place of reverence where meditation and prayer can take place so people's hearts are ready for the service. Children should not be running around and talking and playing service because it can break that reverent atmosphere where the Spirit of the Lord is moving in their hearts. The children should remain silent or be taken out of the sanctuary area. You know, they can sit silently looking at a book, playing with quiet toys, quietly coloring. Again, no food or drink in the service. If, so, if you need a drink of water, step out, get a drink of water. So, how should these things be enforced? There should be a deacon posted at every door. At least, at least one or two deacons responsible overseeing this. And it shouldn't be done harshly or rudely, but it should be done with respect for people. It should be done with kindness and, and care and love. 
They should respectfully and kindly inform people of the order for the sanctuary. If they need to respectfully pull them out and explain it to them, but to do it with kindness, not to do it with harshness, um, bring people to the side, respectfully ask them, the children need to be quiet. If they can't be quiet, here's the baby room. They can be able to sit in there, uh, even in the baby room. You know, it shouldn't be a place where it's rowdy and kids are playing. The kids, it's a place to calm the kids down or for nursing mothers to have a, a private place to nurse the children. In church order, Brother Branham says, the children are supposed to know discipline. They should get it at home. But even if it's mine, if it's mine, my kids get in here at any time, they get disorderly. I don't want you to draw one string. Sarah, Rebecca, Joseph, Billy, or whoever it might be, you tell me. I'll see to it. If they can't behave, then they'll stay away from church till they do learn to behave. This is not an arena. This is the house of God. This is not a place to play and skate and write notes and laugh and cut up. This is the house of God. It's to be carried out godly. You come here to worship, not even to visit. This is not a picnic ground. This is not a visitation place. This is the visitation place of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what He has to say. Not to one another. We don't come here to fellowship with one another. We come here to fellowship with Christ. This is the house of worship. And children must be disciplined and if, by their parents. Let it be known. If these parents of the children will not listen to what these deacons said, then the parents should be corrected themselves. We have talked to the parents about their children, and they won't take care of them. If they are members of this church, then you should take two or three with you and call that parent into a private meeting, into one of the offices. I don't care who it is, if it's me, if it's Brother Neville, if it's Billy Paul and his little boy, if it's Brother Collins and one of his children, or any of the rest of you. We love one another, but we're duty-bound to God and His Word. If it's Doc, no matter who it is, we're to call one another in and be honest with one another. How can God ever deal with us if we're not honest with one another? How are we going to be honest with Him? This is in order. We must keep the house of God. And deacons are supposed to know how to do that. See, and that's why I'm telling you how to keep them things caught up. If this, you tell those parents, they won't listen, won't listen to it, then you get, get you another deacon or one of the trustees or some good person of this church. Take, take your deacon board, all your deacons together. Say, Brother Jones, Brother Henderson, Brother Jackson, whoever it might be, their children are disbehaving, and we've told them two or three times about their children, and they won't listen. Then call Brother Jones in, Brother whoever it is, and say, Brother Jones, we've called you in here for a meeting. We love you. You're part of us. You're one of us. Let me say this. Just set this certain tape and listen to what Brother Bantam said about it. See, now we ask you to make those children behave. If they won't behave and you can't make them behave in church, leave them with someone while you come to church until they learn how to behave themselves in the house of God. See, but this is an order and it's got to be carried out. Amen. It's critical uh, and, and, and important that we behave with respect to one another. And I think part of that respect to one another is how we handle our children and how we handle the time in the church. Um, we don't, we let our children talk and, and be disrespectful and rude in the church, and it has an impact on the whole service. Um, and that's a, that's a terrible thing to be in a position where you're harming the impact of the word on the church. All right. 
next topic I want to speak about is dating and courtship and just going to take a few more minutes on this. Let me back up. I'm going to I'll continue next time speaking on dating and courtship. Um, this this time I really want to finish this out. Um, speaking on church order and conduct. The point of all of this is that we want the Spirit of the Lord to move at the church. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the Lord moving in people's hearts and lives. And so we're not putting these things forward to be uh, to authorize people being harsh and rude. The point of this is we want the Lord to move and work. We want Him to be magnified and glorified in our lives and in the home and in, in, and in the church. We want Him to come and deal with sinners, transform lives, and be a place where we're receiving correction from the Lord. And if we're constantly distracted by uh, loud noises, people talking, uh, we can't do that. It breaks the atmosphere. You come in, you want the Spirit of the Lord to be moving, there to be silence, people praying. Come to church early. Uh, we, we're such a busy world, busy society. Plan your time. As some pe- for some people, it's not possible. I understand that. You have, you have work, you have things happening in your lives. But even that, try your best to prioritize things in such a way where you can get to church early. You can spend time in fellowship with the Lord. What, what an atmosphere happens when the song leader comes out and already the Spirit of the Lord is moving there because the people have been praying. What an atmosphere it is for the pastor when the people are praying and the song leader comes out, sets an gr- even better atmosphere. pastor drops in. He can go right into the anointing of the Lord and preaching the Word of God without having such a, a hindrance of the things and the spirits and the things being out of order. Uh, this is not about, okay, we have to look good, we have to look right, we have to have the right order. This is about we want the Lord to be in our midst. We want the atmosphere of, of Jesus Christ to be uh, amongst us. And, and so let's be dedicated. Let's rededicate our hearts and lives and reprioritize our, our time in our life. So if you have any questions or prayer requests or testimonies for me, please let me know. You can contact me at jasondemars.com. May the Lord richly bless you is my prayer. Thank you for listening to Jason DeMar's live podcast. New episodes are posted every Tuesday and Friday. We thank you all for listening in. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube to watch the video portion of this. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you.